but I'd love for you to join in on the program today. The open line number 1300 01 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. We're going to have a stack of fun on summer mornings, I can tell you that much. Joining me on the show uh, shortly, Adam LaFondra, Sydney FC star. They take on MacArthur FC tomorrow and well, they need to get their skates on the Sky Blues. Showed some pretty good form, but inconsistent form nonetheless. Sammy Hargraves, who was our head calling it throughout the Big Bash summer and through, the, well, he calls all the, the best T20 games alongside Chuck Berry. He's going to be here for a BBL chat. And we'll, as I said, we'll revel in plenty of Christmas cheer as well. Speaking of Christmas cheer, I've walked in. So Joe Healy's just walked out and she's chatting with Keen now. What do you reckon they're talking about? Darning socks? No, it's all about ball. It's all about basketball for them. There is a mountain of Christmas crackers, a mountain of Christmas crackers on the desk here in our studios. I got to say, I'm quietly confident they'll all be cracked in the next hour and a half. And the final hour of the show, we're just going to clear the guests, clear the decks. No guests, and we're just going to be telling cracker jokes, bad Christmas cracker jokes, and that will be champagne radio. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Look, rugby league, it doesn't have an off season, does it? it? Doesn't like the fact that cricket and soccer football is on the back page. Sam Burgess, former NRL star, denied taking illicit drugs. He was arrested over allegedly failing a roadside drug test in Sydney. Pulled over while driving his car, BMX, in Kingsford at about 10am yesterday. Given a drug test, allegedly returned a positive result. His lawyer, though, Brian Wrench, had told the Daily Telegraph that his client denies taking any drugs, denies it, obtained a urine sample from an internationally accredited lab confirming that he has not consumed any illicit drugs. But further to that, checks by police during the roadside stop also revealed that his licence was allegedly suspended. So he's taken to Maroubra Police Station, charged with driving while suspended, and he is now listed to face Waverley Court on Feb 15. You know, as I said, he was vehement in his denial, Sam Burgess. A little harder to deny a lapsed licence, though. And all this, all of this after we were commending the Rabbitohs for their re-signings of Mitchell, Cook and Walker. And then from the Bunnies to the Dragons, you've got Junior Ramon. Dragons 5-8. I mean, Jesus wept. Dan Walsh writes that Junior or Talatau Junior Ramon spent the night behind bars. He was denied bail over an alleged hammer attack on a roofing contractor last month. Arrested yesterday morning, charged with reckless, grievous bodily harm in company, destroying property and intimidation in Wollongong local court with the matter from a November 15 incident was mentioned. And the arrest came after the arrest of his father, charged over the same incident. And that was reportedly sparked by, of, of all things, an argument over a vehicle being parked on a nature strip near their home in Warrawong. Legally parked too, I might add. So police statements allege that two tradesmen were confronted by three men armed with hammers, with the argument escalating to a physical altercation. Court documents allege that the men armed with hammers damaged the younger man's car while he climbed onto the roof, called police. Then police allege that the three aggressors chased a 39-year-old victim onto the roof before he was allegedly pushed and fell from a two-storey property. And Amon, young junior Amon, is alleged to have swung a hammer at him during the altercation. The victim was chased on foot before authorities arrived. Treated for injuries to his wrist, arms, hip at the scene by paramedics taken to Wollongong Hospital. Detectives have since established strike form Chickham, strike force Chickham to further investigate the matter. Well, I guess we shall await the outcome of this investigation. Presumably, Amon will be stood down under the NRL no-fault standout policy, but it's not far-fetched to suggest he has played his last game for the St George 
Illawarra Dragons. The club, my club, has most certainly been in the wars. To Adam LaFondra from Sydney FC in a moment. Just quickly, still in the league. Trump Dravojevic, he is following in the footsteps of Latrell Mitchell. He will head to the USA to receive treatment on that troublesome hamstring. He's got no choice. Whatever it costs, if it's $50,000, then pay it. Because without him on the park, Manly are nothing. Well done to the Sixers, too. They needed that win in the Big Bash last night. Notched their first victory of the season, defeating the Hurricanes by six runs in a rain-reduced affair at the SCG. Josh Phillippe, named player of the match for his 43 off 21. And then also in wonderful news for Australian cricket, Meg Lanning, after taking an indefinite break from the game. Back in the nets, and Meg has now earmarked the home ODI series against Pakistan for her return. So good on you, Meg. And that series begins January 16. 0457 736 736. Stack of other news to get through. But before that, got to talk a bit of A-League. You know, we're still on a high after the World Cup. So make sure you support the local game. Sydney FC will certainly be keen to celebrate Christmas Day with a victory. They host MacArthur Bulls tomorrow evening, Allianz Stadium. They met just over a month ago, if you recall. This match at Campbellstown Stadium was a thrilling game where the Sky Blues took away the three points. Uh, 3-2, that encounter ended up. I'll tell you what, two from two would be nice. And one man who was key to their fortunes is Adam LaFondra. He's on the line right now. Adam, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, look, the best gifts often come unwrapped, don't they? You need to bounce back from that last round loss to the Mariners. Uh, tell me, how has the week been? Uh, yeah, like, like you say, we definitely need to bounce back. Um, it's been a very uh, sombering week because, you know, we were very good against Melbourne the, the week before. And then we thought that was a, a turning point for us. And we've you know, let ourselves down as a group and not perform to our, our high standards at, at the Mariners and, you know, put us off back at square one, really. So, you know, for us, it's, um, you know, realising and, and you have to do the, the hard yards every single day and take no one lightly in this league. And, you know, um, I think it's a, a stark, you know, reality for us all now that we can't keep, uh, you know, throwing away goals and, and giving teams goal starts and letting teams get on top of us because we are a, a dominant team and we need to we need to assert that for 90 minutes. Uh, Anthony Caceres said after that Mariners game, you know, despite the loss, pretty satisfied and actually said the first 30 minutes was the best we've played all season. Uh, did you agree with that assessment? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the, the first 25, 30 minutes, we were really progressive in our passing. We made a lot of forward runs. We got in behind them. Um, it's just too bad the, the following 60 minutes were awful, really, because we played, you know, we didn't do what we did in the first 30 minutes. We probably did the opposite, where we weren't progressive enough and we weren't uh, penetrating with our passing, which, you know, that's, that's what you need to do. You need to turn teams around, you need to get in behind them, you need to cause problems, and we didn't do that. So, you know, we have to do that, sustain that for 90 minutes. And, um, you know, we're looking for a good bounce back performance um, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because you play really good football in patches, but I think it's fair to say the form has been a bit inconsistent this year. But played lovely football. I mean, Robert Mack, I mean, Joe Lolly looked to be fan favourite. So, so what do you do? I mean, promising football to, to sort of stretch that out over 80 minutes, but further to actually get results. I mean, what, what do you need to do? Is there much you need to change? I think for us, it's, we have to be more defensively resolute. I think uh, you alluded to, obviously, the attacking threats we do have. We we have no problems in, in scoring goals. We've we've got to come together as a collective now and stop them going in at our end because um, I don't think there'll be a problem, obviously, like I say, us scoring goals. It's us being defensively strong enough to, to stop the, the opposition scoring. I think that's our biggest challenge and one we have to overcome if we want to be a successful team. 
England played some pretty nice football in the World Cup, but obviously we're, we're going to claim you almost as an honorary Australian now, Adam. You, you would have watched <laughs> the fortunes of the Socceroos and, uh, and and you have a connection to it because you play with these guys and against these guys. You know, Graham Arnold said the performance was testament to the relative strength of the A-League. You have spent time in various leagues throughout your career. I mean, how, how does the standard of the A-League stack up? Yeah, of course. You know, obviously it is improving. It's a, it's a growing league. I think obviously going in Australia we're very much the underdog and I think it's shown you know that's the sort of spirit that Australia encapsulates is the the underdog spirit of proving everyone wrong and I think you know the boys did really fantastic for that and they really shone a light on the other league as well the, the players who play here and you know obviously Goodwin and Leckie who both starred for the Socceroos um, they showed that the A-League isn't a league to be sniffed at and I think you know as a as a as long as I've been here the, the the league has slowly and, and, and got better over time and grown into a, a much better standard. And obviously it's a platform for players to, or younger players to, to play here and, and ground their feet before they, you know, jet set into Europe and mm. hopefully progress their careers. You've now spent a number of Christmases in Australia. Are you used to the warmer weather at this time of year, Adam? <laughs> no, no, that's one thing um, <laughs> I, I'm not used to yet. You know, uh, you know, obviously it's not only about minus five; it's minus five back home, so yeah. uh, a bit of snow around. So obviously, uh, I'm not quite used to it yet. Being 30 degrees, I'm literally toasting now at Macquarie Park. So um, you know, it is nice to have a change like that. Obviously, I don't really fancy being at minus five, minus six at the moment. So uh, it's nice being there. You know, it's common for us that are on the sidelines behind microphones to just, you know, let ourselves go a little bit during the festive season, uh, you know, a couple of ales and, and plenty of food. So let me ask you, to, to Stevie Corica, to the dietitians, to the medical staff, to give you any leeway to maybe eat a bit more as long as you, you know, still hit your marks in training? Uh, no, I think as a professional, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. Or, you know, it's sort of an unwritten rule. You can't enjoy Christmas really. Um, Obviously, the best way to enjoy it is by winning, winning football games. You know, then it's you know, it's um, you know, I think for us, we need to give the fans a little bit of festive cheer because, like you said before, we've been a bit inconsistent this season. So, um, I think what better way than to to start the festive period with three points, and you know, that comes off the back of a really good uh, performance, hopefully uh, against Macau for Christmas Eve. Mm, you've got a few injury concerns. Uh, the same can't be said for MacArthur. Dwight York's done some really good stuff with this side. I think they're fifth in the ladder. Oh, they had a great win over Perth Glory. Uh, what are you anticipating from them tomorrow? Yeah, they're, they're a good team. You know, there's, there's not really a bad team in this league. So if you underestimate anyone, then you get punished like, like I said we did last weekend. We uh, got a little bit complacent and we got punished for that. So I think for us, we've got to obviously focus on ourselves and, and how we stay consistent throughout the 90 minutes and perform to the best of our abilities. And Obviously, nullifying their threats, so, you know, Noon, De Villa, um, obviously the Silver as well. They've got some very talented attacking players, so we have to, you know, be wary of them, but also focus on what we can we can do as a team because we believe that we've got enough ability enough to, to hurt them as well. And Adam, of course, we can't ignore what has been the big news in the A League this week. Just a thought on on the footage, the incident that we saw. The pitch invasion Melbourne last weekend. Extremely disappointing that you know the game is hijacked by by a handful of thugs. Yeah, you know, obviously it's um, it's disgusting seeing as a player. Um, you know, seeing that was, you know, you shouldn't have your safety put at risk. Obviously, I don't condone anything that that happened. Um, you know, I'm quite lucky that the the fans in Sydney have we've never had anything like that before, and you know, I don't expect anything like that to happen. Um, but as a player, it is obviously alarming to see. Um, 
and obviously I know there was there's stuff that happened before that, but still, um, you know, it was very scary to to see that someone comes on and throws a bin at you. Um, mm. so it's not nice as a player when you see him all blooded and stuff. Obviously, you can understand the frustrations, but um, like I say, it's, it's not it's not the greatest scenes to see for football, especially after you know all the positivity that's happened from the Socceroos in the World Cup. Correct. You want it to be a family-friendly environment. It will be at Allianz Stadium tomorrow. Sydney FC, MacArthur, uh, hopefully you get the win. That'll be a great Christmas present. All the best. Uh, you know, watch the waistline as well, of course. <laughs> Not that I need to tell you as a professional athlete. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Best of luck tomorrow. No worries. Thanks very much. Have a good Christmas, guys. And you. Merry Christmas. There he is, uh, Adam LaFondra, star of Sydney FC. 0457736736. They are disciplined, aren't they, these athletes? You know, give it a ham or... Have a few eggnogs. No, 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 we can't. We just can't afford to do it. And I thought, well, he's sweltering now, trading in 30-degree heat. I mean, if you did, you'd burn it off a hell of a lot quicker than you would in the minus five temperature from his homeland. Most certainly. Boxing Day test, how good is this going to be? Steve Smith has called for a little bit better Boxing Day pitch than last summer. Do you remember that? It was over, I think, what? couple of days, three days it was. MCC boss Stuart Fox, he spoke to this network yesterday and he's hit out at the unfair pressure placed on curators around the country. So all eyes now on this pitch being produced in Melbourne by MCG curator Matt Page. And the, the wicket for last year's Ashes clash against England, according to Steve Smith, finished inside three days. The tourists tourist remember roll for 68 in the second inning. He said that was the worst he'd played on Australia until what we saw at the Gabba last week. You know, how, what are the mitigating circumstances here? Are we heaping, as Stuart Fox is, too much unfair pressure on the curators around the country? Because he said that the MCG, Stuart Fox, has spent millions of dollars following its own horror in 2017, which is a, yeah, horror is the right word. Remember that pitch, 2017, Boxing Day wicket? It just was flat. They could have played for 10 days for no result. Alastair Cook won't get an easier double hundred in his entire career. 100 to Smith, 100 to Warner. That was rated poor. But anyway, he's back page to produce a perfect pitch. And to be fair, it's, it's been a lot better in recent years, despite the uh, the short finishing time last season. So we don't listen to what's going on externally and, and on and on he goes. He actually gets angry about some of the journalism around this issue, to be honest. It's, it's a big topic of conversation, isn't it? Worldwide, the state of pitches. Melbourne's expected to bake from Christmas Day onwards. Temperatures in excess of 30 degrees set for the first three days. Might have some showers as well, which is not unsurprising for Melbourne. He said, Matt Page would not be influenced by critics or the match in Brisbane in preparing a pitch that was already looking good. He's one of the best in the game. He's, he's a great curator. I'm expecting a good pitch. I'd just like a test to go, uh, Let's forget even five days, let's just say four days. Can we get one to last four days? All I want for Christmas... It's Mariah Carey, and please don't play that song, lad. All I want for Christmas is you. know, all I want for Christmas is a four- or five-day test match. 0457-736-736. Now, let me ask you this, and I did float this yesterday. Hey, what's on your menu for Christmas Day? What is on your menu for Christmas Day? Are you one of these now that says, you know what, we'll forget the, the hot roasts. If it's going to be 30 degrees, we'll just have some prawns and maybe a mango salad or and just keep it sort of you know, fresh seafood, which I absolutely love, don't get me wrong. Or do you do the roast? Do you do the roast pork? And everybody has their world's best chef aprons on. So, no, 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 I'll tell you how to do the best crackling. You know, everyone's is the best. If you do do pork crackling, can you text me now on the open line or call me? 
0457736736. That is the text line number. And the open line number, 1300 01 Uh What's in the Christmas menu? Can you tell me how you do the best pork crackling? And Christmas sports, Christmas traditions. Is there something that you do on Christmas Day that the whole family gets involved in? So maybe it's backyard cricket. So run through your backyard cricket rules. But, like at my brother's place, we have massive, mad table tennis competitions. It gets very, very spicy. But then afterwards, you know, might sit down to Monopoly. And I've had games of Monopolies that have, you know, been going for three years. I don't think I have the patience for Monopoly anymore. Are you one of these board game families on Christmas? If so, what's your go-to? What's your strength? What board game are you gun at? And your backyard cricket rules plus your pork crackling recipes. Get cracking. Let me know, please. 0457 736 736. Very festive summer mornings this Friday with Julian King.